good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain. Nutrition. Chewing. The fat. Episode. Oh, I fucked it up now. Podcast. Uh, episode. <laughs> 36. 34. Are you like some kind of time warp? Mm. Joe, uh, subject for today's podcast slash live video is. The 10. Calorie, Our 10. The 10 habits. Our 10 calorie control habits. It's interesting that I wrote them, but I didn't know what the title of them was. <laughs> fill, in, fill in the gap. So we're going to talk through our system. What's Joe stopped shuffling on his squeaky chair? We're talking through the kind of parameters of what we advise our clients to start off with, kind of how they're going to get the best results. So these are designed to help people create a calorie deficit to lose weight in the easiest way possible, the healthiest way possible, Without having to weigh, measure, track everything they eat and drink. Every effing gram of food. So that's where sustain kind of came from, was the idea that you can get people to eat a calorie deficit relatively easily if you just help them control their food quality primarily because you can keep people fuller off a lot fewer calories and therefore in a calorie deficit without having to weigh your food. Yeah, so there's certain habits that we advise people take on. So, um, increasing the nutrient density of their foods. So, putting in good food choices into their day, which is going to help <coughs> them stay full up for longer uh, and less likely to eat crap because we all know how much crap you eat when you're hungry. And then there's other habits that kind of advise that you avoid certain problematic foods, kind of higher calorie foods that you might have issues with. Yes. So, the first five are things you should do. And the second five are things that you should be limiting or be aware that will reduce your chance of success. Yes. So number one, this is probably going to take us 45 minutes to get through, is protein. So we recommend people have three servings of protein a day. So by serving protein, um, obviously kind of this is a general rule, so we're not going to give out just generic weight measurements or you know uh, a pre-calculated system where it's, you need 117 grams of lean chicken breast. Which is, yeah, no one wants to weigh 117 grams of anything. Um, so we recommend people take a palm, gold. Yeah, a palm-sized <laughs> portion, so palm-sized and thickness portion, and that's going to roughly equate to around 20 to 30 grams of protein, depending on how big your mitts are. So if you're looking at the sciencey side of it, um, believe the standard government guidelines are 0.8 grams of protein per kilo but most studies show that you need at least one and a half grams of protein per kilo studies have gone up to like four and a half grams with no negative side effects and a lot of people will advocate numbers of around two and a half to three grams so simple maths on that if you're 100 kilos you need 150 grams of protein spread out over your day so the reason we say three servings is because protein is extremely filling 
So of all the macronutrients, protein, fats, and carbohydrates, it's the most filling one for the fewest calories. So you could have 90 grams of protein in one meal, and that will be enough protein for you to maintain your muscle mass. But it's going to make things a lot easier and a lot more effective if it's spread out over three servings. Most people think that a boiled egg is enough or a slice of ham is enough, and if you they only have two servings of, of that, then they're going to have very, very a very low protein count. So in order for most people to get enough protein in, they need to be having three servings because people just aren't used to eating very much. You know, our experience of working with thousands, maybe even 10,000 people by now, it feels like that, of people is that they just are nowhere near their protein target and it's so good for keeping you full and keeping your blood sugar balanced. And the majority of times people overeat is because their blood sugar is too low. Again, again, which I'm sure I'll bring up again. And again, and again, and again. Um, when you are hungry, you'll make poor choices with your food. You know what I mean? Like when people say, don't go to the supermarket be hungry because you end up buying loads and loads of donuts, loads of crap that you don't necessarily want to eat. <laughs> so staying as full as possible whilst, you know, on a diet is can only be a good thing. And like Joe said, you know, protein <clears throat> is just one of those macronutrients that we see massively under eaten by people like Joe said. People might have cereal or toast, or cereal and toast for the breakfast, so very low protein. They might have a sandwich for their lunch and some crisps, very low protein. And then for the dinner, they might have a tiny bit of protein. It just keeps you so full. Like if you imagine eating a five or trying to eat a 500 gram steak, you're going to struggle to get through it. Whereas, you know, if you go for 500 grams of chocolate, <coughs> Easy. Yeah, much easier. Or, you I know. just did it then. <laughs> and, you know, it's harder for the body to break down, so it sticks around in your stomach for longer. You actually burn a lot of calories trying to digest it as well. It's just got a whole host of benefits. So eat protein at every single meal. Be conscious of your protein choice as well, I'd say. This isn't to say that... I think it's, it's very hard, isn't it? It's probably should have said this at the start, because calories will determine fat loss. We're not saying you can't have... Someone today had like a two-finger Kit Kat and I said, I don't want to be a mard about these things, but the same with like 20 grams of nuts. If 20 grams of nuts is going to be roughly 120 calories, a little Kit Kat is going to be the same. 120 calories is also 100 grams of chicken breast, mm -hmm. which is just, if you think about the, the satiety profile of those three different things, the chicken is going to be so much more filling because you get so much more food and it's so much more, you know, what it's made up of is so much more satiating. So it's just... So important. It's basically like the magic key for curbing cravings because you're keeping people fuller off less food. It's just, it's just as cut and dry as that. I think if you haven't worked this before, and if you have and you don't follow this, then you just need to. I know just calorie, try it. I know calorie deficit is all that matters, but this is just the easiest way you can do it. And why overcomplicate things? Yeah, just try it. Try it for a week. <laughs> try it for a week of having a protein sauce in each meal. And personally, I'd always go for a more solid protein choice. So what I mean by that is, you know, like chicken or corn or beef or, you know, tofu, whatever you want, as opposed to looking to have just a protein shake. Or which, yogurt. Yeah, or yogurts, which are liquid-based and will pass through your digestive system very, very quickly. Obviously, they contain protein, and that's great. But if you're looking for bang for the buck for staying full, then a more kind of solid Something that you have to break down. Chew is your be, food. Yeah, it's going to be a better choice for me. Which leads us nicely onto veg, I think, because it's the same thing there, isn't it, with soups and smoothies versus normal or edible veg, more chewable veg. Yes. I mean, just, <coughs> just as a comparison, obviously, we're talking about vegetables. If you talk about fruit, 
it's very easy to drink a pint of orange juice or a glass of orange juice, which is going to contain, you know, four oranges, say. Easy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, the Zuma machine that used to come down. <coughs> and you probably have like three or four oranges in like, you know, um, just under a pint of orange juice. Now, if you were to sit down and eat four oranges, that would be very hard because it's chocked full of fiber. It's adding lots of volume to what you're having. Yes, and that is great because it slows down your digestion. So your stomach is fuller for longer. You're giving more signals to your brain saying we have sufficient food. So you're not going to be hungry. You're not going to need to eat again. And people often say, I'm really hungry. I'm sorry, I've got a really bad sweet tooth after my meal. But if you wait 15 minutes, then it disappears because your brain has then realized actually we do have enough food and that you don't need to then eat more. And that's the key thing often that cravings are often just driven by low blood sugar. So the fuller you can keep yourself, the easier this is going to become. Veg is free. It's free money, isn't it, with fat loss? Because it's Pretty so much. There's hardly any calories in the majority of veg. So you can have your absolute fill and not gain any weight. I did lose weight. Yeah, a video on it the other day, kind of about like supersizing your meal. Right, I had uh, a meal that was kind of it's beef mince, it's like a fajita mix, and then it was rice. Um, and then by adding another 110, 120 grams of vegetables, I only up to calorie count by like 29. 30 grams, oh, nice, 30 calories, it? something like that, but then <coughs> added like a quarter of the size of my meal. So it's just, you know what I mean, it's invaluable. Again, going back to hunger, if you think being hungry on a diet is going to suck, it's going to be painful, where if, if you can bulk out your meal by adding a load of vegetables, which is pretty much, like Joe said, calorie-free or very insignificant calories, no one ever got fat from eating fucking broccoli mixed, and asparagus. Mixed veg. Yeah. It just <coughs> makes... You know, it's, it's spreading your budget much, much further uh, of calories that you could have that day. It's making your meal, you know, twice the size. It's the thing I see a lot. I spend, I spend a bit of time in, like, the Slimming World groups and stuff, and they call it the speed police there because the speed food is the free food, is the veg and salad and things like that. And people will say, always see it endlessly, I lost six stone not eating any veg. And that's cool. You might have lost six stone doing that. Congratulations to you. But most people struggle to lose a lot of weight without veg because if you, as soon as you take that veg out, you have to add calories in. There's nothing at all go hungry. And people just aren't very good when they're hungry. They're not good at being able to, to do that. You know, I was speaking to someone a while ago and she was just so strict and able to just go, right, I'm gonna have, I've got 100 calories left. I'm gonna have half a protein cookie. Well, that's not very many people that can do that. I no. can do that. You know, that's not how I work very well. It's not how a lot of our clients work very well. So you just have to be aware of your own limitations and then find a solution to it that way. It's nearly always going to be more veg. So the speed police thing, yeah, people do lose weight with it, but often, in the nicest way, it's people who've got a lot to lose. Yeah, so it's a very small, well, not a very small, <coughs> but it's a much smaller percentage. It's very easy for someone who's very big to be in a calorie deficit, so they don't need as much veg. So you see there's a lot when people go, I had four bottles of wine a week and still lost weight, but you don't know where they started. And also, it just doesn't fucking matter what someone else is doing. Like, I can eat so much more than you and lose weight. It's yeah. just tough shit. It's just what it is, isn't it? It's, it's, everyone's different. You can't change yeah. the hand you've been dealt. So for adding volumes, for keeping you full, vegetable is a win. And also there's, there's you know, uh, poxy health benefits that come with it. Mm, yeah, micronutrients. Yeah, micronutrients, loads of fiber. It's going to keep you fit and healthy into your old age. Hooping. Help, yeah, help you pass stool. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so that's vegetable. So you've already added you know, protein, you've added vegetables, you've already got a decent-sized meal there. So you've got, you know, a good palm-sizing thickness portion of 
uh, protein, whether that's, like say, you know, steak or quail <coughs> or whatever your chosen protein source is. And then you've got a good kind of fist or two fist size double fisting <laughs> of, uh, of vegetables in there as well, which again, you know, it's going to take up half your plate. Think about that volume that's going to take up inside your teeny tiny stomach. Mm. So next up, we've got fats. What fats that make you fat, Joe? No. Well, if you have too many, they will. So the idea with this is that a lot of our clients and a lot of people still will have the idea of low fat is good, whereas we need to have a base, the fat. We need to have a baseline level of fat, which I believe is half a gram uh, per kilo of body weight. So a hundred kilo individual needs roughly fifty grams of fat per day because. You need it for creating hormones. Um, it's a great energy source. Yeah, so those are the two main ones, is that a lot of people, when they go on low-fat diets, they're like, their skin will deteriorate, their nails will deteriorate, their hair will, their hair will get thinner. Um, That's why I'm so hairy, because I eat so much fat. <laughs> it's cholesterol, isn't it? Fats, uh, yes. Cholesterol is made from fat as well. So, you know, healthy fats are needed in your body for mm, basic What do you processes. mean by healthy fats, Joe? So, non, so you've got three different types, don't you? Poly, mono, and another one. Saturated. Saturated. You need a balance of all three. Yeah. So Ooh, just pressure any, there. I got a bit of a sweat on. Anything you find in nature, so um, olives, you know, fats from dairy, fats from meats, avocados, uh, oil yeah. fish. A- anything like that. Anything that you can go out and find um, is going to be good for you. Now, obviously, you know, we're promoting that you have these in your diet, but anything eaten in excess, whether that's you know, protein, although it's much harder to overeat a protein, or complex carbohydrates, whatever it is, as Joe said, it's going to come down to creating um, a calorie deficit. So you need to be kind of conscious of the fats that you're eating, but certainly don't eliminate them. Yeah, just having some is really good, because often you see people, they'll have protein and veg-only meals, like a prawn stir-fry, and it's just crying out yeah, for a bit of oil. salad. Yeah, so you just need to have a little bit of fat can really help sometimes. It tends to be one or the other with fats and carbs. So if someone has... You know, rice in that stir fry that I mentioned, they probably won't need any fats. But if they don't feel so good on carbs, they don't feel good on having carbs at every meal, then adding in some fats there is really useful. It's good just to have a little bit because it just helps keep you fuller. Fats are very, very slow to break down. They're long chains of molecules, so it's hard for your body to break them down. So again, this is going to slow down the speed of absorption, which is going to keep you fuller for longer. So just adding a little bit of fat to a meal can do that. So alongside all the health benefits, again, keeps you fuller, helps you eat less. Obviously, if you're slamming 50 grams of peanut butter into your sauce, then it's not so good because it's just so calorific. But as long as you're sticking to the portion size guides of a thumb's worth of fat, then you're good to go. Next one, water. <clears throat> one liter per 25 kilos is the rough number that I pulled from a course I went on about five years ago. Um, but we say a minimum of two liters for everyone because we appreciate that not everyone's going to be able to hit four liters a day straight off the off, straight from the off. Yeah, the majority of people wander around day-to-day massively dehydrated. Um, again, it's one of the old thing. It's going to affect your hunger levels because you're going to confuse... Same theme on this yet? Yeah, thirst with <coughs> hunger. But then just from the you know the health benefits, your digestion is going to improve. Your cell functions are going to be able to communicate better. You're going to be able to think clearer. You'll probably sleep better. There's so many benefits from just being hydrated. So hitting that minimum of kind of two liters per day is going to be massive. Basically, you want to go for a wee and it wants to look like champagne and not smell like what's-its. Nice. If it looks like Guinness... Is that the medical... uh, If it looks like like Guinness, then you've got some serious issues. Hmm. Interesting. I think, just to caveat that one a little bit, is people will go, my biggest issue at the moment is I'm not hitting my water. 
And I think it's important to say that the, the 10 habits aren't created equally. Is that if someone misses their water intake, I don't score them down. I'm not bothered. Um, no. It's just something to be aware of. This is not the biggest thing that you need to be working on because no one got fat from not drinking enough water. And also, take it as a work in progress. If you normally drink 100 milliliters of water a day, and then you're going to get about 40,000 steps a day if you try and go straight to two liters, just go to the toilet and back. Um, so build up to it, get to a comfortable level, hold that for you know four or five days, even a week, and then try and up it a little bit. But you know, count your teas in your water intake, you use some low sugar cordial, flavor your water with um, fruit, anything that's going to make it easier. You know, body's not necessarily going to be able to differentiate between tea and straight water. It's not going to go, ah, this is tea, this is going to the tea bladder. Meat water. (laughs) So yeah, (coughs) two liters of water. Yeah, number five then, logging your food. Bit of a gimme, so it means no one gets none out of ten, which is always always, always good for the old morale. So long as it's ended. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this is just kind of the, the center point of what we do, isn't it, is that logging your food makes you more accountable and often people get better just because they have to write it down. And I think it's a tough one because people know what, you know this is one of the easiest ones to do because all you've got to do is take the time at the end of the day. But often when you see people go off on their own is they stop doing this. It becomes one of those things where they just you lose that focal point. You lose that reflection time. And ultimately that's really, really useful to look back and go, I wasn't great today. I'll try again tomorrow. Or I was really good today. That was well worth it. I'll do it again tomorrow. And it just keeps people really focused. You know, We totally believe in what we do and the service that we provide. This is one of those habits that if you do it on your own, same as all the habits, if you do them all on your own, you'll get awesome results, but it's pretty hard to do on your own. So set an alarm on your phone, be accountable to your friend if you don't work with us, or cheeky plug, sign up. <laughs> log as you go, log each meal as you go. Just even if you're writing a notes section of your phone, or you put it into a little diary, dear diary. Uh, it will all work, but it just makes you more conscious of your choices. It will flag up um, areas where you mess up normally, you know, where you might make a mistake. It will flag up any kind of less than ideal choices you are making. So if you see that you went really low volume on one day and in the evening you ate 10 Kit Kats, then the fact that you <coughs> ate really low volume through the day is probably an indicator as to why you had loads of cravings in the evening. There's definitely a skill to this because a lot of people won't realise this. They seem to think that cravings come about whatever you do. And this is where being a coach is so useful or it's having a coach is so useful. It's having years and years of experience comes yeah, in useful. Because you've read 10,000 food diaries and the rest. Because you're just so used to seeing it. It's the thing I see the most is that people don't eat enough during the day and they go absolutely batshit crazy on an evening and go, well, you know, I was just craving. You're craving because your food wasn't adequate. You know, you've made a rod for your own back here. You know, you've had to... By being reap, hungry reap what you sow, and yeah. having poor blood sugar, which the first four habits will help. Yeah, we'll be based around improving. So that kind of finishes the first five habits and the things that you should try to work on doing. I mean, ideally, you'd want to hit those every single day. That should be your priority. And these rest ones are almost like... Every a single day. Just blew someone's speakers. Good. <laughs> Um, and these other ones are kind of like the bonus ones that are going to, again, help you control your calories. So if you hit the first five or first four, because they're kind of what you should be eating and drinking, that's going to have a massive knock-on effect to the choices that you'll make over these next five. Yes, exactly. If you have a sufficient nutritious food, you're going to struggle to have room for everything else. And these things are just recommendations. We used to call it the Ten Commandments, obviously. The word command suggests you don't have much of a choice. So you change it to habits. <clears throat> and... 
Sometimes people go in and say, I can't imagine never eating pasta again. Like, I think 99.5% of our clients drink alcohol while they're working on our plan. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're realistic. We expect people to go off plan and to, and to have food and drinks they enjoy. We want it to be part of your life. We're called sustained nutrition, not super strict nutrition. Yeah. Rebrand. Nice. This, yeah, this, <coughs> end of the, this is just advice. Oh, my voice is broken finally. It's just advice. Um, you know, if you want to lose weight, you probably want to avoid eating a lot of chocolate or drinking a lot of wine. That's not to say you can't have any, but... I'm praying that's not news to people. Yeah, you know what I mean? You want to avoid having it all the fucking time. <laughs> a 10 out of 10 is an optimal day for fat loss. So if you get hit everything there, then you With deserve... With a few caveats. Yeah, then you deserve a 10 out of 10. If you are having things like wine, it's not worthy of a 10 out of 10. It should be, it should be reserved for the days that are perfect. Because otherwise, if you just give out 10s all the time, People will say, oh, I got seven tens last week. Well, actually, you had half a glass of wine every day. And it does add up. You know, if someone drank a bottle of wine, you wouldn't expect to be getting optimal points for it. So you do need to look at it that way. Nearly all of our clients lose weight without being optimal. Yes. Nine out of ten. There's always there's more wiggle room. You've got to think the more things you do right, the less the less than optimal choices will affect you. So if you eat fucking really, really well six days out of a week, then you have a meal out and a couple of glasses of wine. That is going to have much less effect than if you have five or six, you know, poor choice, high calorie meals and five or six, Snacks, yeah. yeah, high calorie drinks throughout the week. That's going to have more of a negative impact on your possible results. Yeah, the little bits do add up, but again, it's just all individual. I've got clients who do have little bits every day and lose weight. I've got other ones who are really good five days a week and then they just have two or three little blips over those days, and it's enough to throw them off. That's just how it is, unfortunately. So you need to then look at reducing. <clears throat> their carbs and their fats or their processed food or just in exercise. It just depends on the individual. So number six. No alcohol. Avoid alcohol. No, not no alcohol. Avoid alcohol. So just be sensible with the amount that you have. Like say, having one or two glasses of wine per week is not going to make or break a week. Having a couple of beers is not going to make or break. And, you know, if you go through our previous podcast, we've got loads of options where you can look to limit your calories by setting a, a, a setting an amount of booze that you will have setting a set choice that you'll have like Joe will drink gin and tonics if he's going out mm. to save calories as gin opposed and slims to, as opposed to <coughs> drinking uh, pints 14 pints of cider yeah that's going to be a massive massive calorie difference it is when you're 14 if you have the thing that I always think if you, even if you have a couple I think you know a big glass of wine can be up near 200 calories and a G&T can be 50 mm. so you're suddenly looking at you know a 75% save so it's massive. I'm not sure about those numbers. No? Do you want to think a glass of wine is 150? It's about 130, 140. I thought the gin's about 100, isn't it? No. Sure? Mm. Okay. I'm sure I've You're shot the gin drinker. I'm sure I've shot a gin's 50 and you can have it with a slim line. There's nothing in that. So, yes. Anyway, anyway a decent save. Yeah, it's just be conscious about you know the ne these next set of commandments are the high calorie ones and the, the ones that are usually the stumbling blocks of people, the ones where people eat a lot of calories or drink a lot of calories. Ideally, you should never drink calories. <coughs> Going back to the kind of the fruit juice thing that I mentioned. It's very easy to smash in 200, 300 calories in fruit juice with zero satiety, so zero effect on your uh, hunger or fullness. Yeah, same with when people have like banana and nut smoothies and stuff. It's yeah. just, it can be lots of calories that you don't, aren't going to get the most from. Just They've got food. no impact on you. Yeah, or, you know, some, but nowhere near as much as you, as you could be getting. Uh, number seven then, avoid processed foods. Ooh, processed foods, what, like tins of tomato? No, so if food is processed, then obviously that means it's been altered in some way by man's hand. So if a man has chopped tomatoes and put them into a tin, that's not going to make you fat. Yeah, it's something that you couldn't possibly <coughs> do yourself. So think about a fucking pizza. 
So somebody, someone's taken some grains, they've dried them out, they've ground them down, they've made them into a pizza base. It's a delicious base. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's like an MS advert. Just think about the foods that are kind of man-made that cause you to gain loads of weight. You know what I mean? And just be sensible with it. Chocolate. You know? Yeah, crisps, having pizza. You know, we'll move on to refined carbs and stuff later on. But like having a pack of snacker jacks, it's not again. It's not going to make or break a week. It's not going to cause you to pile a lot of pounds because it's fucking ninety calories. Yeah, just not a lot to it. You know, but then eating a pizza which is over a thousand calories. Do you know how many calories are in a Domino's? Oh, like fifteen hundred. Like two four. Serious. Yeah. Sweet Jesus. Domino's after. I've never been. I've never actually had a Domino's. <laughs> Have I'm, you? No, no I've, I had one like about a month ago. And I looked at the calories like, are you kidding? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> not worth it. So, yes, look at the problematic foods. You know, think about cakes, bread. Oh, what got okay. you What got you fat? Yeah, the there's place. something got you. So, I had a client today and she was apologising for eating. She's very new to the system. She only started this week. It's Friday now, just to give you an idea when you listen to this. Interesting backstory. What Thank you. Um, black t-shirt, camel pants, Negligee. obviously, <laughs> crotchless knickers. Um, yeah, she was apologising for eating grapes because she thought that they should be avoided because they've got a high GL. But then in that same food diary, she'd had a cheese sandwich, crisps, and a donut. So you can see where my area of concern would be, not someone overeating on grapes. Um, and it's going to be eating these kind of highly processed foods that are very rich in calories but won't keep you full. Yeah, so in nature you don't get many, or even any foods that are a combination of carbohydrates and fats. I think the only one is avocado. It's still not overly no, carby, no, no. is it? It's not carb dense. Cover it in honey. Mm, I like it. It fell in it. Coconut it fell, flakes. It fell, it fell in a beehive. Coconut flakes and deep fry it. And then, so this is the, the issue that you've got is it can override some of the hunger signals so you can get a lot of calories in without being overly full or satiated. Again, why protein and veg is so good because protein and fiber keeps you full off very few calories. So it's just something to be aware of. Um, just look for your trigger foods, really. So I know that I can moderate things like crisps and biscuits. I'm not that bothered, but chocolate I struggle with. It's just finding what it is for you and then just being aware of when you have those things. Did you have, why did you eat it? This is what, where the coaching comes in. If you had a little bit because you really enjoyed it, that's cool. If you had a whole birthday cake, did you actually enjoy it? Could you have had a quarter of it or an eighth, you know, one slice, whatever it may be. Yeah. Odds on, you could have done. So it's then looking at, if you look over the course of a week, look where the calories add up, the processed foods, commandment will help you do that, have it, excuse me. And then you can think, why did I have it? Was it because I was sad? Was it because I was angry or upset? Is there a different way for me to deal with this? And if not, if you still want to eat, then could I have had less and got the same effect? Highly likely. So it's just, you know, there's quite a lot to that, but if we're just going to give you the information about the habits, then that's that. Moving on. Correct carb serving. So depending on which of the habits you choose will impact this commandment. So the idea here is more to score people down if they're having excessive carbohydrates, excessive refined carbs. So often you'll see someone in a day having bread and pasta and cereal, yeah, cereal bars, stuff like that, or, you know, um, paleo bars so lots of high gel fruits with nut butter and things like that so rather than just taking you know this is what you tend to see quite a lot so a little bit of that is fine if someone has it to excessive portions you know and they have a lot of normal carbs slow release carbs in there as well it's too many carbs for them so we will mark down for excessive carbohydrates if someone has oats for breakfast sweet potato lunch sweet potato for lunch 
and some fruit for dinner, then I'm not going to score anyone down for that because it's all nutritious carbohydrates. It's just to focus on having too many of the processed ones. Yeah, again, to focus on the majors, not the minors. So for me, people don't get fat, don't binge, don't crave oats, sweet potato, you know, basmati couscous. rice, yeah, couscous and things like that. They are not the enemy. They're not the issue. They're not the reason why you've gained weight previously. It's going to be you know, overeating things like bread and cake and pizza and pasta and you know chocolate and crisps and all those kind of delicious things. Yeah, delicious things that you find highly palatable that you struggle to moderate or that you turn to when you're stressed, when you're tired, when you're emotional. These are the things that need to be addressed and not you know kind of worrying about having can you have strawberries with your oats because it's that's too many carbs. yeah that's not going to cause you to gain weight. You know the, the negligible amount of added carbohydrates from fucking three strawberries yeah i'd often question mark if someone's had like a pasta dish as well if they have sufficient protein and sufficient veg there's a bit of pasta on the side then it's a nine but as good as a ten i'm mm-hmm. not bothered if someone has a slice yeah, of bread so people like are sensible like i say the things that we ask people to avoid you just have to be sensible with we're not saying that if you have a slice of bread that week is a failure you're definitely going to gain weight all you've done is you've added an easy source of calories to that day or to that week that's all it's still going to come down to creating a deficit. Again, the habits are just advice. They don't have to be followed 100% for you to get results. Often what you see is you see people, if they're having the cereal and the pasta and the bread, is they will then overeat their calories because these carbs are faster acting. So this ties into the next commandment, which is avoid refined carbs. So if someone had a serving of pasta or some bread, then I'd mark them down for refined carbs. If they then had it twice or three times or four times or five times, you then mark them down for excessive carbs. Yeah, so it's, it's more a, an exaggeration. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a crossover, but it's almost like you need to kind of show that this is, you know, not just a, a nine. That you know, a nine out of ten is still a decent score. You know, you still expect people to get good results from that. Especially if it's pasta or bread, isn't it? If it's chocolate cake or it's a big bar of chocolate, it's all going to depend on those calories. Yeah, that's it? it. But you need to show the difference between someone having a slice of bread with a breakfast or eating a tiger loaf. Yeah, or like a pasta and cheese based yeah. dish, you know, because it's just so easy for the calories to stack up there. And again, this is where the coach will come into play because we can say, this looks really good. My only concern is, what are the portion sizes like here? Because and, you don't know, do you, unless yeah, you're weighing and, food. And the other way around, you know what I mean? Kind of like you might have somebody who gets like a, a five or a six out of ten, which sounds terrible, but it might actually be a really, really good day. They might have just had tiny control amounts of a few different things. They might have had one glass of Prosecco, you know, one piece of toast. Miss their, small, veg, miss their veg. Yeah, one small piece of dessert, you know, and something else. And it massively pulls down the scores, but because they've had a really sensible control day and made some great choices, that's actually really, really good. So again, it's going to come down to more of the coaching and obviously trying to sell you onto the plan. Mm, totally. Last one then is the control calories habit. So this is more of a get out for us as coaches in that if someone sticks to the plan and the habits and the food that we recommend but they have too many calories still. So if they have you know, a little bit of spinach for breakfast and some asparagus with their dinner, and then they have loads of carbohydrates, loads of fats in their day, loads of fatty protein sources, it's obvious they've overdone their calories, then it means that we can critique this, but without saying you've done it, you know, you've made the wrong choices, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's almost to hoover up yes. people trying to bend the rules, even if it's you know, subconsciously. Accidentally. So if I have, you know... Um, Bacon, high-quality pork sausages. Avocado, halloumi. Avocado, halloumi, 
all fried in butter for my breakfast. That is a massive amount of calories, although it's all within the kind of the foods that we recommend. You know, if I then make um, a protein ball or an energy bar out of oats, nuts, nut butter, honey, cacao, dates, yeah, cacao, again, these are all kind of ingredients that will allow, or not allow, but we kind of, <coughs> we're happy with people Green light. Yeah, but if you put them together, again, it's a massive amount of calories. So it's just to let people know that, you know, the, the habits will score food quality, but then you still needs to be aware of calories as well. Yeah, you're at risk of not losing weight. You're at risk of getting 10 out of 10, but not losing weight. So it means that we can score people down so it can bring their attention to what they're doing because ultimately that's what a score does. If it says 9 out of 10, people are aware there's something to work on and then it's becoming more and more part of their subconscious thinking, I guess. And it's yeah. Building, building in habit change. Because, you know, you might go out to Nando's or whatever and have chicken thighs and then a Greek salad and then a side of halloumi and then sweet potato wedges and all these foods that are great choices on their own. But when you put them together, it makes a massive amount of calories, you know, a huge amount of calories, probably about the same as a fucking pizza. Yeah, or as, you know, half chicken with chips. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's almost kind of, like I say, it's a bit of a, a, a get-out clause for us to help people not kind of cheat the system and not understand whether or not losing weight. Um, but it's also the kind of on the educational part as well, yeah. whereas people will kind of see, all right, I had smashed avocado on toast with three poached eggs, two pieces of bacon, and three pork sausages. Yeah, you it was eat, delicious. That was really full. You've eaten everything off the eat list, but that's the issue. You've yeah, the combination. You've everything on the eat list. Great. It's trying to look at things as a meal, and then as a day, and then as a week. Yeah. So if you have, in a meal, you'd be looking to have a balance of protein, fats, and veg. Over the course of a day, you'd be looking for the same, to not have any point where there's an excessive kind of flagging of calories and the same over a week. So it's no good if if any one of those is, sorry, if any like 80% of those is good. So if 80% of your day is good and 20% of it is turd, then it's, it's not going to be ideal. Same for your week. If you're really good Monday to Saturday and then Sunday is an absolute shitstorm, again, it's going, to hinder, it's going to hinder your progress. So you need to be able to look at things in both the minutia and kind of wider scale and then be aware of if it's going to make a difference. Because one meal is not going to stop you making progress. But if you have you know, the meals that we've joked about there every day, then it most certainly is going to stop your progress because it's so high calorie. Yeah, just the same with Joe. Like you need to look at how your meals go together, but then also your days. So if you have four sources of fat in one meal in one day, then over the week it's probably going to balance out. Whereas if you have four sources of fat in your breakfast, your lunch, and your dinner, then that's going to be a high calorie day. Yeah, or if you have four sources of fat in your breakfast every day, then it might end up being too much. Again, it's hard because... As we mentioned, everyone's so different and some people can lose weight eating like that and some people won't. So you just have to suck it and see. So what we'll do is you give someone a week, you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt and then if they don't lose weight and they're frustrated with their progress, then you say these are the options that you've got. This is what we're going to work or this is what we can work on. What would you like to do? Yeah. Happy? Good. Any questions, Fenton? You've woken up. She's woken up. She's a dog yapping outside. Right, so that is us, guys. Thank you very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Um, Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review. Um, share it yeah share it tag someone you know if you want any specific subjects covering you can drop us an email or drop us a message or just post in our free support group if you're not in there please join the free support group and you can download a load of the documents that we talked about today about the calorie habits about our eat avoid list you can join our free fundamentals of fat loss course too we should do some more free stuff more free shit there's loads of free shit in there right